Anton. Witten, happy Friday, my friends. Happy Friday to everyone out there. Friday. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. I just thought um, uh, you might need to link a few of those channels if we haven't um, while we're, we're, oh, we're yeah. We got carried away laughing at our own jokes before we got got live. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's true, but they were funny. (laughs) They were good. Uh, Awesome. Hey, uh, welcome, folks. can see a couple of you guys jumping on now. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Uh, It's actually Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. I'm an (laughs) autopilot. (laughs) I missed the Wealth Coffee Chats this morning. Hardik, mate, how are you? Good to see you, buddy. A few of you guys in there. Um, got a cheeky one. Hey, check this one out. Andy, I saw this. Uh, can you see it? Uh, I saw this in the shop this afternoon. And, oh, wow. Um, it's, it's a Snoop Dogg wine. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop, uh, Snoop Dogg wine. Yeah. Holy smoke. It's called 19 Crimes. Well, you know, I just I just like the picture. I didn't necessarily think the wine would be any good, but uh, there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there we go. Oh, hello, hello. So good to see you, mate. And Jeff's in town as well. Wait, hey, oh no, Jeff. Jeff was going to get head off for a surfing trip, Andy, and he's grounded. Oh uh, no, tragedy, Jeff. Tragedy. Well, as a very average consolation prize, mate, you can hang out with us and have a wine uh, this afternoon. But uh, that certainly uh, would be like rubbing salt in the wound. I'm quite sure, mate. Jeepers, oh, <laughs> poor Jeff. Mate. Yeah, it is. Hey, Chris, it is. It's called Cali Red. You're, you're dead right, mate. <laughs> does, it, does, it, does it come with its own set of papers as well? <laughs> <laughs> Bob said he's got weeded. Well, maybe it does. Maybe I'll be bloody on the floor before we know it. Let, let's keep an eye on me, Andy. Um, there you go. <laughs> well, it, it tastes all right. But uh, to be honest, folks, you don't want to get wine recommendations from me. Um Fenton's a lot more sophisticated when it comes to the quality of drinking uh, as, com- as in comparison to me. So, But anyway, I do like having a wine with Andy and hanging out with you guys on a Friday. So um, welcome to another catch-up. Uh, Jeff, mate, commiserations out there to you, bro. Mate, yeah. um, I know you were looking forward to that holiday. It was a bit of a bummer, mate, a bit of a bummer. But anyway, mate, what are we doing today? We're going to maybe, uh, folks, we're going to have a quick uh, precursor to a catch-up that um, uh, that Andy and I have been talking about with with the budget. We might sort of do a little bit of a precursor on the budget. You guys know the drill. Anyone who's new, give us a shout out in the chat. That'd be great to great to hear from you if you're new. But um, uh, for most of you, you know this. We've been hanging out doing this since COVID uh, graced itself upon our shores, and uh, Andy and I have been trying to help our respective. Uh, communities make sense of all this stuff. And, um, yep, we we realise there's lots to make sense of, uh, and not only just around COVID but uh, in property and business and finance in general. So uh, welcome to the weekly debrief, the weekly debrief. Andy and I think uh, after a wine on a Friday is not a bad time to sort of uh, analyse the week that's gone and maybe look to the week that's coming. And um, make some uh, make some analysis of uh, things we might need to do, avoid, or um, whatever it might be in the world of business, the world of property. That's what these, you know, wealth, wine, and wisdom afternoons is all about, folks. So great to see all of you guys here. And um, uh, as it says on the screen, Andy and Jason, 
hanging out with you guys. But um, there's usually a little bit of a process, Andy, we go through in each of the weeks. Informal. 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 Yep. Some things are what's in the news. We do a little bit of that. Uh, what's in the news right now, mate? Budget. It's all a bit of talk. We might uh, we might talk about that, team. Uh, we certainly want to hear from you guys. If you've got any questions, if you do have load any questions, up. yeah, load them up in the chat. It's always good for us to get a little bit of a uh, little bit of something to talk about. Uh, and I don't think that's actually quite hard. Andy and I could talk underwater, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, I'd I'd love to say that there's a uh, usually budget times are pretty pretty happy time for me and uh, and i look forward to to sinking my teeth into it but it's a bit mundane this time but we'll, yeah, we'll still run that it. wasn't it yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll do a high level quick chat about it and uh maybe folks maybe we'll have one or two things you should know um uh as uh, andy and i drink more wine we come up with some you know what we think are pearls of wisdom uh well uh, and sometimes andy thinks uh it's the wine talking so uh, there you go so you never- <laughs> wisdom or rocks of stupid sometimes <laughs> we, we never quite know but we'll see where we go today but uh heartache's off the uh off the ranks already with the questions and guys it really is it's a great chance to to fire some questions at it's, it gives us a good chance to understand where you're at so that we can talk to the things that are on your mind uh of course we love to wax lyrical and uh and talk about the things that we find interesting uh, but as we said, there wasn't too much interesting as far as the budget was concerned. But I, we've we've got some special stuff to yes, lay down for you. Indeed, it was a bit vanilla, Andy. It was a bit vanilla, um, bit safe. But uh, Zara Gold by name and Gold by nature, mate. Good to see you. Hopefully, you're awesome, buddy. Um, and then we've got a few other few other questions here. How long before they decide a course of action? Yeah, well, there you go. Ditching stamp duty anytime soon. There's noises, Allison. We might. We might touch on that a bit later on. Um, I think the uh, states are a bit addicted to that uh, to that drug, unfortunately. But um, we'll see. We shall see. Um, and uh, Jeff's got a, a couple here just to uh, just to touch base on. So, any mate, uh, I thought what we might do uh, is I might go through this little thing um, just quickly with everyone, and well, we'll just do a quick. <laughs> Just before you do, mate, I'll I'll do a little bit of an intro into the to the federal budget. Do it. Uh, I've got a little question for uh, <laughs> for everybody out there. Uh, whack it into the chat if you, and it should be what do or what does. No, no, it should be what does. So whack it into the chat if you know the answer to this. What does Top Gun and the federal budget? What do they have in common? So I'd love to hear from you. What, what does top, top, gun? top Gun? As in Tom Cruise, Top Gun. <laughs> And what are the federal budgets? What do they have in common? I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this. Uh, I'm sure it's going to come up on a trivia night sometime soon at a, at a bar near you. There's a prize. Uh, <laughs> boring. Bob. Oh, my God. Shut <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, Top Gun's one of the best movies ever, Bob. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I think. <laughs> 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 They're both partners with a goose. Oh, I love oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's full it. of risk. <laughs> I thought I read that as full of shit. They're not full of risk. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I love that. Yeah, you guys are on fire today. But uh, here's, here's the real deal is that their ego is writing checks that their body can't catch. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, there's not been a truer statement about budgets. And uh, really, I think that um, 
one of the more disturbing things about politics these days is, and and I heard this bandied around a little bit, Jace, before we get into it, is that um, Labor was sort of thinking, well, we'll just throw more money at it. Liberal are going, well, we'll just throw more money at it. And at, at any point in time, do any of these Muppets actually turn around and go, well, hang on, this isn't a popularity contest, although it is, and I'm pretty sure that most of these guys fell fairly short of being a prefect or, uh, you know, class captain back at the school days. I'd love yeah. to see I'd love to see the shots. Uh, <laughs> you can just imagine it, can't you? You've got ScoMo, he's, he's the one who's got his finger up his nose like that in, in every photo up to year 11. It's not in first uh, rugby or something, that's for sure. It, uh, it is, uh, um, it's a little bit concerning uh, to, to look at, the way these people approach budgets because uh, we'll go through it on your side, Jace, but as we go through it, you're going to see how little substance there is to it. And I'm going to talk to a number of things uh, as we run through it, but you know, I kind of go at, at, and what I'd love you guys to be pontificating as we go through this is, you know, what is ultimately in the good of, for the good of the country, you know, especially post COVID times. And, I think you're going to be wanting a little bit for the answers on that as we go through it. So, Jace, let's uh, let's have a crack at the ABC. Yeah, well, listen, Bob, um, uh, WA banked uh, an $8 billion surplus, hey? an $8 billion surplus, Andy. But that doesn't mean that the federal budget or the federal deficit um, is, uh, is, is helped in any way. So uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, when we talk about this stuff, but um, yeah. I think you need a passport to get over to WA these days, don't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've always wanted to be their own country uh, as WA. So, mate, um, you know, let's see how they roll with that one. Um, but um, yeah, listen, folks, um, as we uh, look at you know the winners and the losers, uh, this is uh, a quick snapshot from the ABC, which is not not bad. Winner. You know, hey, I don't know if that's a winner, to be honest. But uh, you know, fuel prices are up, and the government's saying, "Hey, let's let's help out people with uh, petrol prices." And then loser, you know, sustainable um, sustainable energy. Uh, I'm not quite sure, um, you know, if that's the way to roll. But you know, here's what uh, here's what they're saying: winners, motorists are going to get some sort of, um, you know, some sort of compensation for the cost of fuel, Andy. Yep. Yeah, look, this is masturbation, really. This is is, is just <laughs> a little bit of short term relief. It really is. It's just uh, and probably needed, right? Uh, but it's not a budgetary measure. Like no. they've thrown this in. I think that this is something that they would have they would have pulled out of their uh, their their um, their handbag if they were losing a few votes at the point in time or uh, or wallet, whichever. I just couldn't figure out the word there. I'm not trying to be contentious there, uh, but you know this the short-term impacts are going to be quite significant and um, and being able to ease a little bit of that pain for what I believe will be a reasonably short period of time. We've already seen that the US is switching on the pumps. Uh, I had a chat with Malcolm Palmer during the week in one of our investment updates, uh, which, Jace, I think you did a flyby on uh, to, yes. with the Top Gun oh, theme. It was yeah. very interesting, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Jason busted the tower during one Flew of our... One of, one of our investment chats. And uh, so they paid into Europe, they were paying $200 million per oil tanker, $200 million, where uh, three weeks earlier they paid 20 Yeah, now, that's now crazy. Doesn't, that doesn't sustain. And, and this is not long after, not long after, it wasn't that long ago, where the oil companies were actually paying people to take oil away. 
Yeah. They were literally, because yeah. they had oversupplied and they were literally paying, neg- oil prices were negative, negative meaning that the oil companies were literally paying people to take tankers of oil away because they can't just switch off the tap. And uh, so here's the thing. This this is going to create a lot of volatility in the markets. My tip is, and, and please do not put money behind it because it's just it's a tip and there's many things that can aggravate this, but they'll switch the, the taps back on It'll lead to an oversupply, oversupply, undersupply, then, you know, that, that'll um, slowly work its way through. But in the short term, it's going to make a lot of difference to um, a number of people out there who, uh, who right. it, it hurts the pocket. It yeah. really does. Well, I mean, Andy, you know, it is a short term budget and it's one to like get them voted back in, right? This is the, this is the concept. Let, let's, let's get back in power. You know, uh, let's not do anything racy. Uh, we're not going to deal with the long-term consequences of, you know, budget deficits or take on anything big. This is kind of pretty vanilla. It's a vote winner. It's a kind of like steady as she goes. Let's not rock the boat, right? So yeah, it was good timing. It was it was just a, a good timing kind of uh, uh, position for them. I love what Chris O had to say. <laughs> a couple of people <laughs> lost pretty big on margins uh, when oil went negative, hundred percent. People are yeah. on the wrong side of those futures trades, Chris O. <laughs> Got Polaks, huh? Got Polaks. They were absolutely smashed to smithereens. So Um, you know, mate, there's there's not much in here. Like you said, she's a bit she's a bit dry in in the budget, and and there's not a lot in here other than it's short term. You know, it might be, you know, uh, a small benefit one way or another. A couple of things, you know, um, regional regionals getting some investment. You know, that's always trying to win votes again. You know, they, they tend not to follow through on that, which is actually sad. I think regional Australia is uh, is severely underinvested in. Um, there's, you know, we've got some great infrastructure there and the government for decades have been letting it wane. You know, I, th- I, I think they should do, do better. You know, plenty of things in here. One right. thing, you know, in our I, neck I, of the woods. What what I love, mate, is that, that that correlation, if you just go up a little bit, and I'm probably going to be unpopular with a few people, including my parents on this one, but uh, no, no, I'm just joking, uh, <laughs> is the, the pensioners I'll be, I will be a bit upset, but the welfare, welfare recipients, my God, like when are we going to stop buying DVD players for people, for uh, God's sake? <laughs> like, really? Like... <laughs> An extra two hundred and fifty bucks per person, uh, who's or and look, I know it's it's tough out there, but let's let's put this into context. Uh, lowest unemployment in history, and at a four percent rate, I've forgotten what they call it, Jace, but uh, they, there's there's an economist, there's an uh, um, a behavioral uh, economics theory that basically says that it doesn't get below 4%. And the reason why it doesn't is because 4% of the population don't want to work and will not work under any stretch of any imagination. You yep. will not get them out to work. Either can't or don't want to work. So that we're about as low as we possibly go. Um, so then they think, well, we'll just throw an extra 250 per per uh, res- eligible recipient. Now, mate, this is after covid Right where people had no time to go out and spend any money because, especially down here, we were locked up for for two years, and they got two lots of seven hundred and fifty. So that's fifteen hundred twice um, throughout that period where they can't go out and spend any more money. Where we weren't in inflationary periods of time, and and mate, it's just an absolute money grab. That that's all it is. Yeah. I don't, it, <laughs> how does it make the? How does it make Australia a better place? Well, no, it doesn't, and you know it it. It's a it's a band aid, you know that, 
you know, like it's not putting it where long-term long-term wages grow. And, and let's face it, mate, and folks listening in, the country has been waning for a decade. Long-term wages have been um, static or if not declining in comparison to the cost of goods, the cost of life, whatever it is. The government um, has not put enough effort into wage growth and job growth in Australia. Um, you know, they've been off with the fairies. And, you know, we are seeing now, we're seeing now the detrimental effect. Like I'm a property guy, Andy. I love real estate. You know, uh, the market actually has ends up in a negative place when the government chucks free money at the market. Like any time there's free money given to anything, either an individual or a marketplace or whatever, it augments and makes that that marketplace unhealthy it's 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 got it's you know call call it zombie businesses call it you know um you know people who buying homes that shouldn't be buying homes like it it breaks the 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 regular market uh machinations and then we end up with problems eg right now you know there was no way you know even with five years planning that the australian property market could have got ready to have a housing boom the size we just saw, right? Like as in construction boom. And not only that, you know, the biggest public infrastructure um, projects we've ever seen in Australia's history, Melbourne, you know, Melbourne, you know, the largest one ever, you know, not only that, um, you know, winning the Olympics and infrastructure, you know, nobody thought this shit through. Like the government was like, just chuck money at people. That'll keep them happy, you know. Uh, and I think for me, you know, that's how this first home buyer um, stuff, you know, again, you know, it's all about first home buyers getting into the the marketplace. Fine, I understand supporting them and, and whatever. I think lending's actually broken too, but let's not get down that rabbit hole today. Um, oh, well, <laughs> well, but here's but here's, <laughs> here's, the, here's the contradictory argument to this: the government's incentivizing people who allegedly cannot afford to get into the property market when they believe that the property market is actually overheating and they want to cool it down. Yeah. So yeah. they've created a policy that allows people to get in at five percent. Now, if they believe that they're, they're going to try and curb the property market to push it down, and they're going to try and do things to slow the market, then effectively what they're doing is they're allowing people to go bankrupt. Or they're, they're incentivizing people to, and I'm not saying properties are going down, but I'm saying that there is definitely some uh, rhetoric around uh, housing prices, housing affordability, and they're trying to manipulate it and, and potentially drag it down. Now, to me, that's contrary policy. It's a tangled hierarchy. It doesn't work, Andy. And, and the only way to, to um, you know, Chris is saying, you know, supply chains, you know, like right now, the only way to fix the real estate space is to increase the supply to the marketplace. Now, we, we can aggregate supply uh, if we, you know, crack on, but, you know, that's going to take five years to change. Like the vision needs to be there. If they want to keep property prices low, then supply needs to be high, right? Um, you know, Brisbane you know, the Brisbane marketplace, you know, didn't grow significantly for at least eight years because the oh. supply was high. Yeah, Jason, Jason, we've got a big problem here. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a really big problem. I'm, I hear what you're saying, uh, but, mate, last time I went down to council, um, <laughs> Ed Income, I reckon, I reckon it took me 20 minutes just to see anybody. 
everyone was at lunch. It was 11 o'clock. They came back. It was 2 o'clock. Everyone was pissed. Um, I'm just joking. I never went in there. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> wouldn't waste my time. Uh, but uh, they moved so slowly, Jace. But uh, so if all of a sudden there's land approval, people, ha- people in these council, they'll actually have to do some work. More subdivisions means more work. And, mate, sorry, not in my watch. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy sitting in, in my little shire doing very, very little uh, and earning a lot. So, mate, don't, don't, don't bring that kind of sensibility around here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not going to deal with it. <laughs> mate, so, you know, at the end I mean, of the day. lost a few friends there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, the, the, the councils, you know, they're not measured by, you know, like normal you know, businesses would be to, to, to be efficient and do some output and, and you know, deliver on time. You know, th- that is the challenge with uh, – and, and I see this juxtaposed position. I personally don't think things like, you know, public health should be privatised. You know, I, I think certain things, education should not be privatised. I think it should be provided by our society in a way, you know, somewhere like, you know um, – Sweden. You know, Sweden, the Scandinavian countries, right? It's like, okay, everyone deserves to be educated. You know, I'd be very happy to pay more tax if that was the process. But, you know, for many of us, we're like, what the, you know, you, you, you want to charge me these taxes and, you, and you know, I, I, I want to put my kids in the public school and, you know, I wouldn't bloody house my dog there because the things, you know, you know, um, you know not looked after or whatever. You know, like these are the things that sort of grinds people gear, people's gears. So, you know, but, yeah, government KPIs. Personally, I think, Andy, people, like anyone who gets voted in for government, they should have five things they've got to achieve and by when. You and I run our businesses oh. like this. It's tops. If the they five, don't. Five rocks and the five tops. Yeah. If they don't achieve them by the time frame, they're automatically removed from oh. government. It's like, boom, you're out, mate. You said you were going to get this done and you haven't got it done. Well, mate, you're out. Next bloke, can, you know? can, you, can you imagine that? Yeah, no, nah, I never said that. Oh, what are you talking God. about? Here's a video of you saying that. Oh, I never <laughs> said that. This is a video of you actually saying exactly that. Well, that's not what I meant. <laughs> you can imagine it. Well, it's written down in clean. Yeah. It's, uh, but can you imagine it? But here's the danger. And, mate, um, I reckon that at some point in time they'll realise that when with the property side of the equation and then there's going to be a supply, there'll be a big overrun of supply. They'll release too much too soon. But my big worry, and I've only really learnt this after hanging out with you, is my big worry is then if the right people aren't overseeing that development, you can have what ends up happening in South Bank in Melbourne where you ended up with shoebox apartments. Uh, yeah by developers who made a lot of money who who devalued an area that is one of the prime bits of real estate in Melbourne and and my real worry about um you know the mass land release is and I was being tongue in cheek before and probably lost a few friends over it but um, <laughs> I'll hopefully come back I was being a little bit cheeky but the reality is when that happens they're not going to be ready for the kind of approvals that are going to need to push through. You know what I mean? Like the Yeah. Well, I mean, Queensland, the Brisbane LGA is actually a really good case study of this. Melbourne actually lost control of their planning instruments um, uh, over a decade ago in, in the early 2000s. And they ended up with um, uh, apartments and properties being built, mostly apartment space in Melbourne, um, 
that were that would be illegal in 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 every other country in the world. They they were actually building the most the worst. And Melbourne had a reputation of the shittest multi density um, on the planet, basically. And um, it's because they lost they they had no function um, overall management function of the um, the density and the planning instruments. Uh, after, just prior to the GFC, Melbourne said gloves are off team. You know we're taking control, and they did. Um, they did plan Melbourne, and for the last decade, uh, Andy, that like their their development controls have been amazing. Like so, they, they've they've really they've really tightened down. So there was a decade there; it was just out of control, and some of that stuff was just complete and utter rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we, 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 we avoided Melbourne for a long time in, in our world, you know, um, when it came to medium density stuff because it just wasn't, it was just rubbish. So, yeah, it's interesting to see. Um, as what do we role. say around here? We say history doesn't repeat itself, but it's uh, often a good mimic. So we'll see what happens. I'll, yeah. I'll be keen to see how it, I, yeah. I've heard murmurs uh, in Melbourne that there's uh, a change as to who is regulating the, the approval space. Uh, whether it's going from local to more state-based, um, I don't know the facts behind it, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. And uh, I think it'll be an interesting way that they manage their way through it because the, the problem is, as you, as you rightly said, you could map out. And what I'd love to see in budgets, Chase, what I'd love to see is, is things like we, we have a 15-year property plan to see people get into property. Because, Chase, you don't save for a property in one year. Unless you've got a, a, a crazy good income, you don't save for a property. You, it's four, five, six, sometimes, you know, longer people will save to, to get into property. And you kind of think, yep. well, wouldn't you go, okay, part of the budget, we're creating a roadmap, a 15-year roadmap to manage uh, housing affordability for the next 50 years, 75 years, all of these sorts of things. Mate, it's... um. They make it more complicated than it needs to be. That's 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 exactly what it is. Because somebody else goes, hang on. How's about we just give uh, give two hundred and fifty dollars away to a lot of people each? Brilliant, Andy. Brilliant. Brilliant. Put a hold on the the long term property plan, gents. Somebody just dropped a bomb in here. Let's. Uh... Oh, Andy, high five for me on that one. Like you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And really, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, you know, when you break it down to, they, they don't ask anyone who actually really understands the industry. If there's a first home buyer, they they earn sixty, seventy thousand dollars. They've got a good income. They want to move into a property. They can afford to pay the mortgage, right? So then, create a process where the government is saying, all right, well, we'll underwrite. You know that. You know the scourge of the the scourge of the property world is the mortgage insurers, right? And like they they are absolute hyenas, and you know they they are absolutely the scavengers of of what goes on out there. And I, and I don't know how that that actually occurred in the world, but lenders' mortgage insurance is a fucking farce. And you know it's like they're just absolute ambulance chasers. Those those people they add so much cost. To a first-home buyer getting into the into the into their property, you think about this right now. You think about a property, five hundred grand, and, and that's probably you know a pipe dream in capital cities. But they call it five hundred grand. You know, a builder now or a developer has there's there's ten percent of GST on that anyway. That's a tax, right? 
there's stamp duty. There's going to be ten to fifteen thousand dollars on that. So let's call it, you know, fifty grand. Add another fifteen thousand. We're into it for sixty-five. LMI on top of that, that'd be another fifteen thousand dollars for a first-home buyer. Um, and then you think about the tax that the companies who create those things would have to pay on top of that, right? And then now you've got to pay land tax. Well, not not for PPR anyway, but you've got to pay rates and other taxes as well. Like, like, come on now, folks. If somebody's got a PPR, it should be stamp duty free. I think stamp duty's um, well, stamp duty was meant to be removed when GST come in, and that was a bloody absolute, you know, uh, fast move again. You know, so this is the stuff where it, the governments are gutless and spineless when it comes to if they want first-home buyers to be, be able to own properties, it's like the guy can afford it, give him the property. Do a 100% loan for a principal place of residence. They can afford it and then there might be some government guarantee if they want to underwrite the banks. The government should underwrite the person's ability to own the property. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be hyenas hanging around picking the carcass clean, you know, when the government's saying, oh, we want to help but we won't, but we'll throw you to the LMI gods. It's a joke. It's a complete mm-hmm. joke. So, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, they're good time Charlies, unfortunately. That's interesting, Jace, because I, I never actually thought about it. So when they're saying the 5%, because I haven't looked into it too much because it's just not where we play, but that, that first home buyer scheme, does that mean that they don't pay LMI or effectively they've funded the LMI. They funded the LMI. So, you know, wow. again, wow. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, hang on, the politicians have got shares in the LMI companies. It's a fucking farce, right? You know, it's like, well, you know what the government should do? They should they should have their own LMI. Maybe, maybe here's what happens. Here's what happens. Your super should pay the LMI for you. What if, like, there's so many different ways to do this. You know, um, there should be an interest rate guarantee. It's just like, you as an oh. owner, a first home buyer, should have, you know, whatever the whatever the cash rate is, plus two percent, and that's and you know what your costs are. There's so many better ways to do this. Um, yeah, the LMI system is so wrong. You're dead right, Tom. And it fires me up this one. It just really rubs me up the wrong way, I can tell you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, mate, they do. And let's 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 hand it to the government because they um they they really want to keep things simple, right? Uh, <laughs> And they have they have actually opened up super. So the first home buyer super scheme they did in the budget they've they've uh, they've increased that. Yeah. Um, so you you can now kind of use your super. And so they just you, they just made it super simple, didn't they? But, <laughs> mate, Andy, are you we're, being we're, facetious right now? <laughs> one of my advisors wrote a wrote a, a, a statement of advice for it recently, and I looked at it. I'm like, oh, you've got to be joking. Mate, you've got to go to a financial planner to get it done, right? So the financial planner's not going to do it for free, is he? Like, I mean, so now it's like, what, anywhere between two and five grand to get the fucking oh, advice. Mate, now, nowadays, you know? because what they did to the industry, you're talking five grand and above. Like, ah, you, you, you can't, know. You can't, you can't get it for under that these days. It's just yep. not economical based on what the government did. Let, let, let me tell you risk, another. Based another on the risk that you as the financial planner's got to take, like, you know, free hit. Andy puts his farts the wrong way and someone can take him to bloody, you not know. Even just, not even yeah. the risk, mate. They, they just decided to, to load us up with an additional fee for make us pay for the Royal Banking Commission, of which the banks don't even play a part in anymore. So well, now 
everyone gets a, an extra fee of uh, $4,000 a year or something stupid like that. Where And it's like, mate, they, they've literally, they've just compliance the industry. So we're in a bit of a nexus period here whereby there's these complex ways that they're trying to do good, but you need a professional to navigate them because they built in complexity. Why, why wouldn't you just say something like, you know what, you're under the age of 40. You can use your, you can use all of the concessional contributions or non-concessional contributions up to 80% of your fund. That's it. Yeah. Just call it, just make it simple. 70%, yeah. 80%, whatever. Boom. That's it. And you can put and it you towards your home. Ah. once off but no they create all of these esoteric little things and and here's here's the real rub is because sometimes i think that it's to create the perception of doing good while maintaining that they're going to keep getting their taxes yeah and sometimes it's they're they're sorting for the benefit for them rather than sorting for the benefit of the the consumer your average joe and so in doing so they get really clever and they go oh well we can give them the advantage but we can kind of take it away over here and so there's this there's this give and take which which creates nothing but friction constant ass covering constant you know friction in the process you're dead right there's so many so there's so much better ways to do get the outcome and that's really the the conversation isn't it really at the end of the day you know we're, we're trying to have i mean really at the end of the day you know um you know for all of us you know, here's a few things, you know, okay, well, let's let's give, you know, first-home buyers some more money. You know, folks, like, you know, the LMI thing, great. I think that government should be covering the cost of LMI, that's for sure. You know, but here's here's, <laughs> here's <laughs> man, man, I, I loved Albanese. <laughs> Just go back up before we jump into that one, Jason. I loved Albanese. Did anybody – let, let me know if you saw Albanese on the news over the last couple of days. I have never – I, if anybody watched Survivor, where they had that, uh, they had that um, Labor politician from Bankstown, I think it was, right? And he he couldn't, this dude couldn't lie straight in bed. Like <laughs> he was, um, he'd just ask him a direct question. He'd go, "Oh my god, I've never seen somebody." Jason, did you see it? Like Albanese, they've gone. Uh, so you're going to do that by raising taxes? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we are going to introduce this new scheme to put more money into. Are you going to raise taxes? <laughs> uh, we're going to do tax reforms in order to to. And he, mate, he basically ended up saying it without. Literally, he ended up saying it while trying not to say it. <laughs> it was the most hysterical thing I've ever seen, and and so transparent. Like, at what point in time, as us as Australians, are we go going to go enough? All right. As soon as a politician dodges a question, bang. He doesn't. You're right, out, doesn't, mate. You're, out, you're gone. <laughs> it was. Mate, it, it, it just it wasn't like. It should, what, what was it? Um, I don't know. One of those Australians got talent. Everyone gets a vote, right? Nah, mate. Give a shit. I would have liked him more if, if so. Is, are you going to do that by raising taxes? Sorry, hun. Uh, spaghetti. Sorry, spaghetti's on. I've got. I've. I've <laughs> I've got to go. Yeah. But you're I'm in the car. I've, just, I've got to go. Wife's got to hear my mum calling. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> probably would be mum too. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I tell you, mate. You know, these things. And here's my here's how I feel about the budget. You know, everything happens for a reason, and sometimes the reason is because you're stupid and you make bad decisions. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know 
crikey, you know, right now the government is like, I don't even know if they're paying attention, Andy. You know, construction prices off the charts, you know, shortage of labour, you know, land registration out like 18 months. No one can friggin' buy anything, you know. And then, and then they're like, you age, know what? Age, age care a reform where nobody's like, you can't you can't hire people. There's no one to hire. It doesn't matter if you pay them more. There's no one there. Oh, mate, just like, listen, fellas, you know, chucking more money into a place that's got more problems than you can poke a stick at is not a bloody good idea, you know. I'm a property we, person. I'm like, yeah, give us some free money, but this is ludicrous, uh, you know. They should be putting cash into jobs, into business, into small job creation. Business. Mate, small business every, every single day of the week. Small business is is the le- small business is the largest taxpayer. Yep, of Australia. Mate. Combined, we pay the largest amount of tax by a factor. Last year was like fifty six percent. I reckon we might actually not have the, the the overwhelming majority this time because a lot of us have used the uh, the instant asset right off and, and really <laughs> and, re- and uh, so I reckon it might be some of the car companies that might have uh, and uh, uh, car companies and equipment companies but we are the, we are the single largest taxpayer in the Australian economy and we are the most productive by an absolute country mile yeah country mile we employ more people we pay more taxes. And do you know what we got? We actually got a disguised tax, Jace. Do you know? Do you know what? Tell me, some, tell me about that. I think uh, Alison, you're right. Trying to get a straight answer from a toddler, <laughs> so, so a politician. But anyway, so the, here's a disguised tax because some of the things and and uh, we're going to do. We're, and and it'll probably have to be reserved for 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 your private clients and my private clients, Jace, because we're going to we're going to delve right into the technical sides of things and we'll run it in the private groups. Uh, but they quite often what's in the budget is what's not in the budget. Mm. All right. And what was not in the budget is a lot of the stuff that was in last year's or the previous budget or the previous budget from that. And so I'm going to position this really, really quickly, but this is, uh, this is a small business tax. Uh, it's a large business tax as well. Whack it in the chat if you know what it is. Um, just you know, one or two words. Whack it in the chat. Love to to know if you picked it up. Um, now there was no announcements made. It's attached to existing legislation, and it increases the cost of employment from every employer in Australia. Crikey, is it uh, payroll taxes? Is it something to do with that that world? Oh, super guarantees. <laughs> There you go. It's true. It's true. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so from July 2022, there's no announcement that's been, oh, who was that? Somebody just pegged it straight away. Uh, oh, Deb Jensen, mate, all over it. Go, Deb. Yes. Go, Deb. Jeff. Yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> yep. Oh, Absolutely spot on the money. Yep. Spot on Hanley. the money. Yeah. It's, it's yep. super. Yeah. And here's the thing that nobody will listen to um, uh, is ultimately – Small businesses, right? That it has the biggest impact on us because mm. that's literally a 0.5% increase in our wage cost. Nobody asks permission. You know, you, you get nothing more from it. It is literally straight to the bottom line of the business. 0.5% on, on labor costs throughout your business, every single business in Australia. Um, now, yeah, I think this is great and we're going in the right direction. But when you do things like this, 
And this is a creep. Remember, this was 9.5. So this is a 1% increase on wage costs now to small and large business in Australia without, without much by way of subsidy to our industries. And you think, you look at America, the big difference between it, one of the things that made America, uh, I'm not going to say great. great again. According <laughs> to Trump, great again. Uh, it's such a contentious thing to say. I'm, I'm sure there's a few people who have seen that, 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 um, that TikTok and YouTube video about what, what a girl says, what made America, why don't we make America great again? And it goes on this tirade about why America's not great. But America is an, is an incredibly efficient and um, brilliant business machine. And it's created some unbelievable businesses because uh, A, I think one is a psychological way that business owners behave. They celebrate success. They don't have the tall poppy syndrome. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of grants. There is a lot of uh, spending. There is a lot of uh, benefits of starting up businesses over, over in the States and they yeah. really celebrate it. And here's the thing, when, when I start looking back, apart from the COVID measures, and let's face it, the reason why they did this instant asset uh, tax write-off and a lot of the business subsidies that they had, because if they didn't, everyone was F-U or F-K-U-C-E, whatever the dyslexic version was, right? Everyone was cactus. Mm. And so it wasn't to benefit us, not by a strict shadow of a doubt. It was totally self-serving. It was just to keep the economy ticking. And so at any point in time, if they say that they gave small business that, you go absolute BS, you gave yourself a lifeline because if you, if you allowed that to tank, you were screwed. Nobody was paying your bills. But so what we have sustained with a, uh, with a disguise of uh, COVID relief, which they will penny as small business relief, Right, we we've just got nothing but added cost to the bottom line. Look, they they have reduced the tax. They have okay, so they do give us a little bit, but that they are taking that back by way of other taxes on business. And I've always called super a tax of business because it is the tax on the people. Mate, um, it's, it's give with one hand, take with the other, balance it out. You know, you're, nobody's getting ahead. You know, at, and at the end of the day, you know, like you and I know too, uh, many people who. Uh, who aren't aware of how to use their super effectively aren't even benefiting from this increase either, right? You know, who gets to benefit from that increase? You know, the institutions who manage your money quite badly, you know, and, um, you know, then want to be rewarded for it. So, you know, for those who are, uh, you know, cognizant of, no, I'm going to, you know, keep an eye on this, great. You know, more money in your super. If you manage that well into the future, better for your wealth. But if you don't, you know, if you're the majority of Australians, 98% of Australians who think super money is not real money, Andy. Like, you know, when I speak to people, you like people go, oh, super's not real. Like, and super's real when you're 65 years old. I can tell you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what those institutions love, you know, the bigger institutions. I'm not going to name them so you and I don't get in trouble, but, you know, <laughs> They have three-letter acronyms, a lot of them. <laughs> Allegedly, you know, yeah. Allegedly, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, for all of us, I think, um, you know, in Australia, in many places in the world, but Australia particularly, New Zealand, America, whatever, you know, small businesses are, you know, very, uh, very important to the economy. And, um, you know, I personally think that, you know, 
I personally think that money should be directed towards small businesses more than the real estate world. You know, I, I would prefer that. I, I, for me, you know, this is, it's the, it's business investment wow. still is at the lowest since the 1990s recession. You know, much incredible. That it's flying is- away from the country, right? So, you know, even though we might be going, oh, you know, jobless rates down, you know, if we were competing, Andy, you, you and I were chatting about this the other day. If, 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 if things were normal, if it was a normal marketplace, we wouldn't be celebrating going, yay, team. We'd be in all sorts, right? You know, and, you know, this is an interesting thing, right? So, you know, the budget, I didn't see anything in there for small business to create more jobs for people, Andy. You know, no. like I, I saw nothing, right? And all I saw was more problems that the government's going to like win some votes now, but kick the can down the fucking road. You know, yeah. so you know, unfortunately, yeah. I'm not a big fan of what they've just done. Mate, it was it was very underwhelming, and and you know, for somebody who generally loves budget time, uh, you know, uh, there's not a lot from it. I I haven't done a lot of research into it because I I, I watched it. Thank God it was short. Jeez. Yeah. Um, because I just can't stand the, 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 his voice anymore. And, and like, <laughs> this isn't a Liberal or Labor thing. I, I, I throw punches at both sides quite equally. This is a balanced argument, and, uh, uh, and I'll punch both of them at the moment. But um, it was just boring. It was absolutely boring. There was nothing in it. And I know that, look, if you took, if you took company tax for businesses under, say, $10 million, and you said uh, up you, you everything over a two hundred thousand dollar profit is going to be taxed at the company tax rate. Everything under that, um, as long as the retained earnings go to uh, you know new talent, staff, business development goes into resources. They they did put a few subsidies in there, like education subsidies for businesses. Um, yeah, one hundred and twenty percent tax deduction for. Uh, certain education. Let's see this, the bells and whistles attached to that bullshit because my prediction is going to be that it's going to be through, uh, sorry, Heather, if you're listening, but it's going to be through some freaking RTO that, you know, 90% of businesses can't access the benefit mate, of. courses are not relevant to whatever. Like that, That's generally how these things roll out. Well, um, it's happening right now for me. This is a, this is a, a case study, like a real case study at the moment. I've got three young uh, young people. Uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, we can get them into the trainee program, traineeship. You know, we gave them a job. Um, it's taken us now four months to try and get through the rigmarole yeah. of, and and now we find that it's changed. Now it's called something else. Now we've got to deal with somebody else and someone else and something else. And as a business owner, I'm like, like, why is it taking me? Why why is it why is it up to me to take four months? to do this, I'm like, I want to hire some young people. I want to give them a job. I want to give them a something or other, you know, and the government, you know. You, you just you just do the math on that, Chase. That's four hours of your time plus and times that across 100,000 businesses across Australia. So that's uh, 400,000 hours, 400,000, and this is, uh, let's just do 10, right? Um, so this, so let's go, it's, it's now 40,000 hours, 40,000 hours, that's 40,000 hours of somebody else over the other side of the phone who is not producing any productivity whatsoever. And if you just go, you know what? Let's have an incredible auditing system. Let's have a tick box, a self-assess. The tax system, Jason, the tax system is self-assessment. It's a self-assessment. It's a self-assessment system. And then you self-assess. And then there's very big penalties 
if you if you if you rot the system, you can go to jail. There's all sorts of responsibilities on you doing the ticker box self assessment. So why, when it comes to all of these other things, do we do we not do something at least a little bit similar to the way that we do it on mass? It, to me, it's just mind-bogglingly stupid. It's just a gargantuan waste of money that you spent ten hours or forty hours uh, because there's somebody over the other end of that phone, yeah, and that's a wage. And and there's multiple people of those forty thousand hours worth of that. You do the math on on what the salary wastage of that is, um, and that's only if ten thousand businesses are doing exactly the same thing. The job creation in the governments is one of the, that's, <laughs> they're like, well, we got to create a job somewhere. We'll do it in the government sector. You know, <laughs> we have created that many policies, ladies and gentlemen. We are now the, the Australia's number one employer. <laughs> the government is the number one employer. Uh. That's hilarious. But but it's so true. It's so true. Like the inefficiency there, you know, and, um, you know, this stuff, you know, you know, you and me, you know, like many people listening in, you know, Hannah Lee, obviously, and others, you know, like we're, we're digital, we're, we're diligent, you know, we're diligent, passionate Australians, you know, like, Hey, I started business. I love, love being able to employ people. I, you know, I employ 120 plus people, you know, it's like, Okay, well, come on now, you know, like why make it so hard? Like why make it so hard for me to be able to help? Like it's just. Even a simple thing like remove GST for, for on payroll, right? <laughs> so for every, because what, what, what a lot of people don't understand, right, is that, so let's just say you've got a business. You've got one employee and that person uh, costs you $100,000, right? And you earn $100,000 for the year, including GST, and the person is the over the only overhead. Are you even, are you ahead, or you are you behind is the question I'll ask. <laughs> and this is what a lot of people don't get, right? Now, obviously, it's, a, it's, it's obvious where this is going. You're behind wow. because GST is offset against goods and services, right? And, and an, an employee's way... salaries. Yeah. So, yeah, so literally... We earn and we get the ten percent tax. But here's here's one of here's a great suggestion because I can tell you it would go straight back into people for me. Uh, if if you remove that, then there's an there's an extra two people in my team straight off the bat. Yep. And here's the other thing, Jace, because they've all got sliding tax rates, they would end up earning more by me employing two more people than they would by not uh, by having the the GST and, on it. And the a government- lot more. Yeah, and the government would get the tax. Like it, it I government mean, would get the tax. Like it, it's, and and you know, the, it's an interesting conversation on this, Andy, because like I've had some debates with some quite socialist, um, you know, focused people in the past about the idea of negative gearing, you know, and I'm and I'm like, well, listen, at the end of the day, you know, the tax system, our process, it's not like a system where you take it out and and it's removed from the cycle of life. You know, if somebody invests in a property and they save a couple of dollars in their PAYG tax and they put it back in to the, it goes back into the system. It's not like it's not removed. It goes back into the system. It goes back to consumption. It goes back to, hey, I'm a bit better off now. I'm, I'm going to go to the movies this week, right? That's what happens. Like that's what people do. You know, I'm going to go on a holiday. I'm going to, I'm going to take my kids to the theme parks in the Gold Coast. You know, when they have a bit of extra money, they do stuff with it. Everyone's a winner, right? And I, I think it's just complete bullshit that, you know, this this idea that, you know, 
business owners or investors, you know, they're, they're, oh, they're, they're rotting the system. What absolute fucking rubbish, you know. It's, it's for me, I would prefer to see GST go up 5%. You get rid of stamp duty. You get rid of all this other payroll tax bullshit, all of that other stuff, you know. Make sure that your 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 wages can be offset against, you know, your mate. GST. Yeah. Well, mate, I just did the math on it. That's the reason why I had my head down. Uh, 20, 21%. 21% would be the net return on that, right? So yeah. they've just doubled. Yeah. Right? And there's ways of making sure that that discount goes into um, into salaries. There's very, very there's, – there's ways of being able to do it that are far simpler. Far more simple, rather. Mate, no, no vision, mate. Looks like you and I might have just, you know, convinced ourselves to get into politics at some point. Again, but- <laughs> it happens this time of the year, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. I'm not quite sure whether it's um, it's uh, well, maybe the older we get, the more long-lasting our disposition might be. <laughs> I just think that you know, you you come into a period of time like this because most people are looking at the budget, and the first thing that I I said when budget had finished was, well, I turned to my partner and said, thank fuck that's over. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then I said, well, it's a win, you know, it's, it's a win for, for people, you know, people are going to have some more money like it's, but it's a lose for the country. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you know, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Jeff>. <laughs> uh, but you have to put that up on the screen. That's hilarious. Um, but it, it, it's a lose for the country because we got it, one vote, Andy. There's, that's the start, isn't it? <laughs> that's one. Well, this is how it starts, isn't it? Uh, but you know, I I just get I it. These are the people who are sitting around thinking shit up all day. That's pretty much what they get paid to do, um, and then they get paid to bicker. Uh, you know, I I I had a slide of uh, you know what what's in the news for for today, and uh, jokingly I was about to say, well, thank God. Uh, He's not in the news anymore. He's got COVID. Oh, that's why he was in the news. But I was going to say, what's in the news? And this was my summary of what I've seen over the last few days. I've seen, uh, I've seen the house, the house bickering, uh, and they're they're literally just going, well, nobody cares about budgets. Nobody, and the budget is uh, the the money is the teddy bear in this analogy. Uh, nobody cares. <laughs> Uh, we just both want to pull it in in the direction that we want. And we're going to scream and yell and, and bitch and moan until somebody gets their way, and that, yeah. that's pretty much what's happening. Yeah. And the opposite side of that teddy bear is what's on the right hand side of the screen. Is there is a lot of money that's going under the table. It's above the table. Like it's. I'm not saying that there's. It's illegitimate <laughs> what's happening, but there's just there's bribes. It's this is a this is a bribe budget. And, and budget. it's an openly bribe budget. Hey, we'll give you some money. Some free cash if you guys vote for us. That's what's and going on. You yeah. know what? If one party, and look, I'm not going to say which side I'm on. Um, I'd love to be on none, really, to be fair. Uh, but if if Labor had come out with some dramatically different positions, dramatically different positions, polarising for for the benefit of the economy longer term, which possibly had some hard margins in there, but some big long-term goals. I reckon that's, I, re- I reckon these guys are now just so short-sighted and they're so yeah. into their social media game that they've lost the reason why these people are fundamentally there to begin with. And they're there to make Australia a better place and not them. They're not there to win a popularity contest. They're there to make Australia a better place. And I think that the response to the budget was an epic fail 
because it was just, oh, I want to give more of the toys away. And, you know, it, it's from, as an Australian, it's sad to see. Mm. And, you know, last year at least, you know, we, you, we were chatting about some of the technicalities of the budget and there's some genius in it and there was some real thought. And the year before, again, we were talking about that. We both get a bit vocal about how stupid some of the things are. <laughs> but this year I just, I, I just sit back and I go, wow, after a pandemic, after one of the, the, the toughest times that we've seen, yes, it's an election year, but guys, pick up your game. Like this is just, it's, it's disgusting. Um, it, it's innocuous. The budget is underwhelming. Uh, and there's just nothing. There's, it's the best of a bad choice of people who have, what was that slide you had before? People who have made terrible decisions and continue <laughs> to make them or something like that. <laughs> Mate, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is because you make stupid, <laughs> because you're stupid and you make bad decisions. <laughs> there it is. That, 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 that is the budget. Sometimes <laughs> things happen for a reason. Uh, and the reason is you're stupid and you keep making bad decisions. And, and I, I, I just come to it. I think that to a degree it's on us and the question goes, well, well how do we change it? And that, that's, yeah. I think that's the question that we need to be sort of asking ourselves now is yeah. how, how do we change it? Because there's stupid decisions, there's stupid people making bad decisions and it's constant. Yeah. Well, I think that's, um, you know, that's, uh, that's certainly one of those things where I think the idea that, you know, uh, why our votes and, uh, you know, paying attention to politics actually matters. You know, Aussies are quite apathetic about it, but uh, I think, to be honest, you know, if anything has taught many people in this country, maybe worldwide in the last two to two to two and a half years is it's important to understand the system we live in, you know, um, and um, to be, uh, to do, to take the action that you believe that you believe in, whatever that is, you know, yeah. um, don't be apathetic about it, you know, because there, there has to be some system. hundred uh, oh, percent. We all we all so love the roads yeah. that we that we that we scoot on. We we get a bit bitchy and moany when the the roads aren't in the condition that they need to be, and we fundamentally need these systems. Uh, but unfortunately, I think if we were to summarise the winner from the last three budgets, if I were to declare one winner, who do you reckon? Put in the chat. Who do you reckon is the winner? What's the one winner from the last three budgets? One clear winner. Like there is one standout clear winner, in my opinion. Uh, I only just came up with it now. But <laughs> after wine, see what happens, folks, after a few wines. Um, you know, Andy gets I'm, very creative. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I think I'm on the money here. I think I'm absolutely on the money, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Facebook user, whoever that is, I reckon yeah. when we get our wine on the table. Can I give you a drum roll? The, the winner was politics. Mm. I've said it for many, many years, and I, I actually was hoping to a degree that COVID would be a period of time that produced enough pain and austerity in the people that we would force governments to be accountable to their decisions. And, yeah. and now when I look back, I kind of go, oh, you threw money at it. You threw money at it, and you got away with it because America was throwing, everyone was throwing money at it. But I fair dinkum, I think the politics is the winner here because they went through a massive global crisis. They threw money at it, and because everyone was throwing money at it, it was like it was fair game. And the Australian people didn't feel the levels of pain that we need to feel as a as a whole country to create enough social uh, 
discomfort to then start to hold our governments very, very accountable for the actions that they take. And yeah. this is a global problem. It's not just here in Australia. It's, uh, it's, it's global right about now. And this is what I think is that um, the, the big problem that we need to, to address over the future years is if we go into another period of, os- uh, of prosperity is how do we actually fix what is going to become a more and more challenging problem uh, which is going to be governments not actually operating for the for the benefit of the people as a whole, and playing a popularity game. And m- movies are great uh, predictors of future uh, in many many ways. And uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has the uh, the the Bogon democratic process, <laughs> uh, or Vogon. I can't remember. It's been a while. Is that close to Bogan? No, I don't know which way you go. Bogan or Bogan. And it was just the most complex system in the world that there was only a few bureaucrats that could run the universe because they were the only ones who un- understood the complexities of it. And, uh, you know, I think that when we summarise what happened over the last few years, we had the opportunity to, to go through a period of, of pain to be able to then, you know, um, make some very, very good decisions as a country. And, and now I think that politics has just done its thing and slipped past and uh, and I and I think that they'll be on a new run again. So mm. Mm. to the next major challenge, and uh, I think politics won, the people zero. Uh, let's see what happens next time we go around the merry-go-round. Let's see where we go. Well, that's probably a good place to put a pin in it, folks. Mate, um, good to hang out with you and talk shop. Um, that that time went fast today. Hour flew by. Certainly, uh, certainly, I agree with you, mate. Like the idea that the future, you know, our governments, our leaders need to be, you know, way better than they've ever been, you know. And um, if anything, my hope is that um, you know more people now pay attention, you know, uh, and uh, get involved because that's so so important, you know, for where we're at, you know, in this time of the in in time in the world. To be honest, you know. Yeah. Yep. Well, folks, I think that's. Uh, I think we sh- we're done and dusted. And yeah. well, for everyone who gets the two hundred and fifty dollars in Australia, if you all give that to a, a new party uh, that uh, that can be funded <laughs> to represent the people, we might have a start. We might call it the the WWW party. Um, but- <laughs> <laughs> right the way to the top <laughs> you never know all right folks well fantastic to hang out with you guys hopefully there was some value some benefit in there tonight um but until we see you next week it's a good night from him and it's a good night from me good, good night, night.